All right, here we go. Episode 97 (laughs) of Nothing to Say, the fans podcast. Again, we had a super full show last week, and we have a pretty full show this week, so we're not messing around. We're jumping right into sports. Sam, are you ready for this show? We got a lot to cover. Jason, I am ready. Good to hear from you. Let's get it. All right. So a lot has happened. A lot has happened over the past week. The Olympics uh, is over. The Hall of Fame, uh, the NFL Football Hall of Fame honors awards. That ceremony has concluded. The Football Power Index has come out. Baseball, we got some stuff to talk about there. And we got to move the stick segment to get to. So we're just going to jump right into it. We'll start with the Hall of Fame. The 2021 Pro Football Hall of Fame inductees were as follow. Drew Pearson, Tom Flores, Peyton Manning, John Lynch, Calvin Johnson, Alan Fenisa, Fenica, I think is how you pronounce it, and then Charles Woodson. Charles Woodson. So that is your 2021 class for the NFL Football Hall of Fame. And as great as all that was, and I, a pretty stacked class, truthfully, with Tom Flores, Peyton Manning, John Lynch, Calvin Johnson, Charles Woodson. I mean, that, that is a phenomenal class. I learned that Charles Woodson and Peyton Manning were the first set of uh, inductees who went into the Hall of Fame together, who were also drafted in the same draft in the top five. Mm-hmm. It was the first time that that has ever happened. Interesting. And Peyton Manning and Charles Woodson did that. So I thought that was really interesting. So that, I guess, in that sense, was a historic Hall of Fame class. But it brought up the question, and Sam and I are going to try to answer it here, in terms of current NFL football players, who is active in the league right now, who we think are going to be locks for future Hall of Fame enshrinements, who is maybe in between, and then who could possibly be on the outside looking in. So we'll start with the locks. And Sam, I think a couple come to mind. Real quickly, mm-hmm. I jotted down a few. So tell me if you disagree with any of these. I have five. If you think there's somebody who's more of a lock, then that's fine. But here are the five that I came up with. Obviously, we have to put Brady. Big Obviously. Ben. Big Ben came to mind. Uh-huh. Um, Frank Gore. Ooh. I think he'd have to be in. I don't know if he's a first ballot. I don't think he's first ballot um, like Big Ben and Tom, but... I think he definitely gets in eventually. Yeah, I, I think so. Over his career, um, he's rushed for exactly 16,000 yards, which is <laughs> awesome. Um, he's rushed for 81 touchdowns, and he's averaged, what is this, um, 4.3 yards per attempt. And I think he's like third on the all-time list. Mm-hmm. for rushing yards. Um, I think he absolutely has to get in. Um, Larry Fitz. Yeah. So he's got to get in. And then I think J.J. Watt is probably going to be a lock as well for the whole Ooh. thing. That's so do, you, do you disagree with any tough. of those? I, it's, the only question one I have is J.J. We've may, we may have never seen a player with – the five, the three to five year stretch that JJ Watt had, but those injury riddled seasons that just totally 
derail I think derail his production. Maybe his numbers won't look in favor compared to the greats at on the defensive line. It, that's a tough one for me. Because at his at his high, I think that's a Hall of Fame level player, but over the stretch of a career, does he have enough? So he's got a hundred and one sacks. Mm-hmm. Um, looking at the all-time list, he's not in the top twenty. He's not top twenty for all-time sacks. Um, you're, I mean, so on the list that I was looking at, and I just went on to ESPN, and I they have a similar list, and this was from last year. Mm-hmm. Um, they put him as well. JJ Watt, at least on this list right here that I'm looking at, and I'm assuming this is up to date. It is he is 31st on the all time list. If he wants to crack the top 20, he needs um, he needs 21 to tie it and 22 to go ahead. Well, it's not like he's about to retire. No, he, he probably has three to four years, maybe two at a high level. You think if he gets into the top 20 for all-time sacks, he's going to get there? Is he the – he has two defensive player of the year honors? Uh, give me one, Zach. I think he only has two. He might have three, but I think he only has two. Let's see. He does – I don't know if this holds any merit, but he was uh, – He has three. Oh, he was. He was ranked – as a top, as the number one player of the NFL top 100 by by NFL Network, right? I think that kind of holds a little merit because the NF, the Hall of Fame is supposed to be like a story of the game and how do you tell a story without arguably one of the best players of a decade, right? If he was voted for a couple years as the number one player and in the top five other years. And he's he's pretty much a prominent player. He might be an all decade player, and we it's but it's just so tough for me to say because, like I said, his highs were obviously no doubt Hall of Fame caliber, but then the lows just really and is there too much lows that really drag it down? Yeah, I mean that will be the question. I think I think that if if the injuries are going to plague him, I think they'll plague him in a way that may keep him from being a first ballad. But and he never he, he never won anything, too. Well, no, he never won anything, but I don't think you can put that necessarily on JJ. We don't put NFL super well, I was gonna say MVPs, but I guess that doesn't that doesn't really warrant any merit here. We don't put Super Bowl titles on pretty much any other position in the league like we do with quarterbacks. Quarterbacks, it seems to be like the only thing that they're judged by unless you were an all-time great like like Marino. Um, but – so I don't but, think J.J. is going to get judged on that criteria. So so what I'm thinking – because Charles Woodson got in, right? And I, I – off the top of my head, I don't know where his interception totals and tackles – I'm sure his tackle for losses and sacks are pretty high up there for a safety. Mm-hmm. Um. But just just coming up, just off my head, I don't know how much it jumps off his numbers were. Uh, but that the thing that I think propelled him was the playoff success he had with the with the Raiders early in his career, and then later in his career, what he did with Green Bay. 
where right. he's just on that big stage and we can see him playing and getting talked about with highly regard. We haven't really seen that with JJ. Watt. I don't even know if he has a playoff win. All right. Year. So if JJ Watt is going to be somebody who you're going to push back on, I'll give you another name. Mm-hmm. Jason Witten. Ooh, no, no, I don't think Jason Witten should get in the hall of fame. You what? No, I don't think so. You're crazy. I don't There's know, no, man. Was he no was he way. ever the best tight end in the league? He has 1,228 receptions, over 13,000 career yards. I will find the all-time list for you, but he gets in for sure. For sure. Hmm. Like, well, I, I, think, I think an easier one is Aaron Donald, for sure, as a walk-in. Um, I'd even go... Uh... Oh, gosh. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, we can safely say, is going to be walking in. Yeah, and obviously there are certain ones that I – and I was, you know, with all of these, um, some of these are probably much closer to the end of their career than Rodgers is. Mm -hmm. Um, So, but, yeah, if we're going to bring that into consideration, then, yes, Rodgers would be there for sure. So so I think a guy that only has maybe three years tops – is a guy like Julio Jones at the wide receiver position. Do you think he automatically gets in first ballot? Uh, maybe. I, and I'm still looking at the Witten stats. So Witten's fourth all time in receptions. Um, for just tight end? No, for everybody. For wide receiver, okay. tight end. So Jerry Rice is one. Larry Fitz is two. Tony Gonzalez is three. And then, boom, Jason Witten. And then for I'll have to look up the yards. Um. But I think he, I think he easily, easily gets in. Let's see. Let's see. I'll keep, I'll keep going. You can start, you can think of more if you want. Yeah. I, don't, I just don't think he's a, he just, I think if you have to think about it, and maybe I'm just the only one thinking about it, but I feel he's not a first, first ballot. He'll probably eventually get in. Got, uh, John Lynch got in. And I think maybe Jason Wynn has more credibility than John Lynch. Different positions, but still. Uh, Jason Witten is in the top 20. He is 19. So he's 19th for um, for yards, and then he's 4th for receptions. Okay. And just a crazy stat, Larry Fitzgerald is currently 2nd, right, with 17,492. What, is he 2nd for everything? I would imagine. <laughs> uh, but Jerry Rice is 5,000 yards ahead of him. <laughs> Jerry Rice on another level. Which is just ridiculous. <laughs> Which is just ridiculous. Okay. Um, so I'm looking at this list as well. Another name that came up. So this is somebody who's not towards the end of their career, mm-hmm. like like the ones we were talking about. Uh, somebody put Vaughn Miller. Ooh. We got to see Vaughn healthy and playing again. It's been a couple of years since. Yeah. And Denver's got to do him a solid and – get back in contention because the more they waste of this guy's prime, it's just going to be sad because he was with Aaron Donald, the best defensive players in the NFL, probably the last three years. So this right here, the little piece that ESPN has on him says the superstar edge rusher has made the pro bowl every year, except 2013 when he was suspended before going down with a torn ACL 
He has three first-team All-Pro nods and a Super Bowl MVP before turning 31. Even if he slows down from here on out, Miller's going to the Hall of Fame. They have him as a 100% lock. Whoa. Okay. They put percentages next to all of these guys. He's got. Up. He's probably got more – does he have more sacks than J.J. Watt does? Mm, stand by. <laughs> I was thinking of another guy. Would you, I think Trent Williams probably could get in. Uh, he fame. he does have more than uh, than JJ. It looks like he has one oh six. Okay, it's it's hard to how do you judge O linemen like Andrew Andrew Whitworth? I know he he just retired, didn't he? Um, for the he was the Rams long time offensive mm-hmm. lineman, left tackle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's got to get in, right? Yeah, but I can't give you any stats that he had. I don't even know how you judge offensive line play. Is it by like sacks given up? But even sacks given up could be uh, like a misassignment from another guy on the line. Like that, that can't even be your fault sometimes. Right. Um, so I got, a, I got another one for you. Another old, older guy in the league who we, uh, who obviously we're just going through the list right here. I should have thought of, granted, but uh, a- AP, Adrian Peterson. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, he's fifth all-time in rushing yards. He's 14,820. He's got an MVP. Yeah, so I think I think AP's a lock. Um, I'm just going through the list here. Rodgers they have as a lock, of course, but we're, we were more looking at people who um, were maybe towards the very end of their career. Breeze is out. This list is from 2020, so but Breeze will get in. The Rivers. Um, Rivers, yeah. So okay, so the, so we'll get away from the locks now. We'll get away to we'll go into the the maybes because there are going to be certain certain players who are going to be on the on the cusp. Like mm-hmm. maybe Richard Sherman would be somebody like that. No, Matt, he gets in. You no, think Richard Sherman gets Sherman, in? Yeah, Richard Sherman gets in. Really? Okay. Yeah, he's one of the best cornerbacks of the last decade. Right. Um. Uh, Russell Wilson and Bobby Wagner. Bobby so Wilson, Wagner Wilson will go in. in. Wilson yeah. will go in. And then yeah, Bobby Wagner, both... so they'll go in. Um, Earl Thomas probably makes it in. Earl Thomas, yeah. Um, DeAndre Hopkins and Patrick Peterson. It's. I was thinking about – I was actually thinking about Patrick Peterson. He – I don't know if he gets in, but what a great player. Yeah. Um, I'll look up some stats on him. But he just had the unfortunate circumstance of playing for an awful Arizona team. Yeah, so he years. only has – right now he only has 28 career interceptions, okay. um, which seems so low. But that I don't know. Maybe they're low because nobody throws it to him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know? I, that guy was locked down. Yeah, he's been, he's been one of those guys. I'd be interested – um, to know how many stats somebody like Darrell Revis has, because okay, so okay, so this puts it into perspective a little bit. So Darrell Revis is one of the corners that people will. I mean, I mean Revis Island. He's he's an all time great DB. He only has twenty nine career interceptions. Mm-hmm. So I so I think maybe the fact, and I think maybe it'd be easier for safeties, especially like free safeties to get free interceptions than maybe corners, because there are games when corners, 
if you're locked down, you never get thrown at. So you'd you'd never have a chance anyway. Yeah. Um. Which I because I think Charles Woodson has like up in the sixties. Um. For for his career interception, so I think maybe judging a corner on that. Yeah, Charles Woodson has sixty five. Um, are you are you okay over there? Yeah, I just I was trying to hide. <laughs> I was trying to hide like a burp. <laughs> so I was having trouble. You're like you're struggling over there. I was having trouble. Um, so maybe maybe Patrick maybe the interceptions isn't the right way to judge corners. I know it's certainly a factor, but you got a guy like Revis. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I don't I don't know if Patrick Peterson gets it because just like with uh. The questions with JJ Watt, the guy hasn't won anything in the postseason. Maybe he has a couple, and it's not his fault, of course. But that kind of goes goes into the impact that a player has on the league is how well their team is doing. And because if a if a guy is just balling out on, like, say a guy is just playing well for Jacksonville in the last decade, he's not going to look be looked at as prominently as say like a Stefan Gilmore who's done it for the Patriots and the pretty good Bills teams. Right. Um what about a guy like Julio Jones? Why don't we just talk about him? I think he has to get in. I don't know yeah. if his his numbers are going to be up there though. Let's see. How about how about the guy that throws to him or threw to him? Yeah, so that was who I was going to ask about next. <laughs> um, I don't know if Matt Ryan gets in. Yes, he's an interesting one. He's going to have the stats, though. I would think so, yeah. But is he better? Like, I would put him... This is why I, I never thought uh, Eli should be in it, right? Or he he still might not be, but he's probably going to. I can't, in good conscience, put him in the same conversation as, like, Dan Marino, John Elway... Uh, Terry Bradshaw, you can give me all the stats, but it's a completely different game. Like, he's not a Troy Aikman. He's not a Joe Montana. These guys got to be, like, the best of the best. Well, well, then where would you put him with, like, Phillip Rivers? But I don't know if Phillip gets in. Oh, okay. Because they're on that same level. The reason Big Ben for me gets in is because he has the Super Bowls, and he also has the stats. Eli has the Super Bowls, and, and but doesn't really have the stats. And Philip has the stats, but no no Super Bowls. Right. So Philip is actually fifth all time in touchdown and oh, yeah. touchdown passes. He's actually ahead of Dan Marino. Oh, Eli's he? Eli's ninth. Mm-hmm. Um. Rogers still has. Yeah, so Rogers is seventh. He still got. He still got time. Um, so it's funny cause look at the, so the top five quarterbacks right here and I'll do, I'll actually read you down to all. Okay. This is interesting. This is interesting because we're having conversations about all three of these guys right now. So I will read you the list of the top 10 touchdown, uh, pass leaders in NFL history uh-huh. from one to 10, okay, Tom wait, Brady, wait. Brady breeze, Peyton, uh, who would be fourth? Marino. Uh, no, Favre. Frick. Okay, yeah. you, you go then. You take so, it. So, Brady, Breeze, Manning, Favre, Rivers, 
Marino, Rogers, Roethlisberger, Eli Manning at nine, and Matt Ryan at ten. Matt Ryan's already at ten. Matt Ryan's already at ten. How many more years does Matt Ryan have? Four, maybe. At a high level. I mean, they didn't. They didn't draft his replacement, so. I guess him and Kyle Pitts will get some touchdowns. Matt this year. Ryan is also top ten in yards, and so is Eli Manning. And Philip is also fifth in. So Philip is fifth <sighs> in both categories. They're getting but in. But it's funny because when you read the the comparison that I was trying to make is when you read the names like Brady, Breeze, Manning, Favre, Marino, Rogers, Roethlisberger, like those are locks for for people who you would say, oh yeah, they're Hall of Fame. Now. Marino is the one on there who's a little different. He doesn't have a Super Bowl, but Marino was Marino was something else. And I know we didn't really get to watch him, but we know the stories. Um, so Manning, Ryan, and Rivers are all people who are who have been debated over the past couple of years about if their if their resume deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, and if you're they're keeping company in the top ten with all of these guys, and. Manning has the two Super Bowls. Ryan and Rivers obviously don't. But I don't think you can put – because here's the thing. You were talking about telling the story of, like, the NFL without certain players. I don't know if you can tell the story of the NFL without Eli. When you think about what he did in the Super Bowl with those those Giants teams taking down the Patriots, Mm -hmm. like, that is – um, that's huge for the NFL. I don't know if I if I was voting, I probably wouldn't vote for either three. Really? That's interesting. Yeah. Um, Eli Manning is twelfth all time in interceptions. He's a losing record. Peyton is nine. And to be fair, Favre is won by a long shot. <laughs> hey, if Jameis gets a couple couple years, I don't. I think he's going to play well this year. I am yeah, he's, so he's... I am so rooting for him. But they haven't committed to him. They're still holding on to Taysom. They're splitting reps with Taysom Hill. Yeah, I, I'm. Just oh, we should talk him. about we should talk about that the QB competitions. Uh, we can. Uh, but we yeah, we can when you <laughs> when you do the when we do the. Uh, pro football focus. Yeah, okay, that works. Yeah, yeah, that works. Uh, so we'll just close the conversation on these quarterbacks: um, Matt Ryan, Eli, and Philip. I think Philip gets in. I think Eli gets in. I think they get in for sure. I think Matty Ice is the one who's going to be um, maybe hotly contested more than the little, other two. Are we a little biased because these are the players that we've grown up and personally watched live? Well, but these are. But I mean. We're talking about these three guys, and we've watched them. Obviously, we're not really taking into account the rest of these guys because. But to be fair, we watched Breeze, we've watched Brady, we watched no, Manning. So what I'm saying is, there's always, there's years where guys are snubbed, right? Yeah, there always is. If there's a possibility that these guys could be snubbed, mm-hmm. and left off, or do you yeah, not for see sure. that at all? I don't think Philip is getting left off, and I don't think Eli is getting left off either. But Matt may? I think Matt might. Oh. 
if if I have to pick if I have to pick one that I think could get snubbed, I think Matt might get snubbed. I would be shocked if Eli didn't. I think I'd be shocked more if Eli didn't get in than if Philip didn't get in, which is weird to say. But who's a better player over their career? Would you say probably Philip? But Eli's got the rings, and that's what and that's what people look at when you look at quarterbacks. That's a fair tough, run, man. fair or unfair. That's, that's just tough. what it is. I wish we went. I wish it was. It was by uh, instead of career stats. I wish it was like a an average, like their average year. So you yeah. look at their average yearly totals for all the major stats, and then you judge it based off of because then then you could judge it based off of the time that they were playing in. Because there's we're what read off that top ten again uh, for the yards. I think it was. Or is it uh, touchdowns? Breeze, Brady, Manning, Favre, Rivers, Marino, Roethlisberger, Eli, Matty Ice, uh, John Elway. So only Elway, Marino, and Favre played, didn't play in the 2010s? Yeah. Well, no, because I think... Did Favre play maybe in 2010? I think he, I yeah. thought he ended in 20, 2009. Yeah, he rent, he ended in 2010. Okay, well, whatever. That's semantics. Uh, <laughs> those guys played the majority of their careers in a less pass-centric league. Yeah. That kind of discredits, to to me, that kind of discredits. And it's not fair. Who cares, really, what we're yeah. saying? It's not like these players are staying up at night. But it kind of discredits the production that they're all putting up, if they're all putting up these great numbers. I mean, what, we're going to look back and the – the top 10 is going to be all players that played in 20, like in the last 25 years. For sure. For sure. Oh, you know, who's on this list that I hope wins a Super Bowl with his new team. Matthew Stafford, Matthew Stafford. No, I hope they don't win. Oh man. Well, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But Stafford is 16th all time in yards and he's also 16th all time in touchdowns. I hope he gets a chance to prove that he's a phenomenal quarterback. If Um, if Matt Ryan is in the hall of famer and Matthew Stafford has a lot lot more years to go. I don't think Matthew Stafford's done enough to say he's no doubt. I think Matthew Stafford is if he's if he's gonna fight for it, then he. I mean, if he's gonna get in, then it's gonna be because of what he does in L.A. I think everything that he has done in Detroit has been a good like stepping stone. But if he's gonna get over that hump, then he's gonna have to do it in L.A. He he gives me he him and Philip. He's pretty much Philip. He's the current day Philip Rivers. Yeah, but he doesn't really. I don't think he turns the ball over the way that Philip did. Mm-hmm. Um, plus he's free. Well, actually, Philip Rivers was tough as nails too. So, yeah, um, he's a big boy. Didn't he have the? Wasn't he the one competing with Eli for the Iron Man streak? Wasn't it Philip? Yeah, I think so. I think it was Philip. Um, okay, so interesting conversation, and there are obviously, I'm sure, a couple people that we missed. Um, I don't think we missed any locks. I uh, we may have missed a couple. Well, maybes. I'm sure. No, I'm sure we did. Well, I mean, I'm looking at the list, and I'm going. I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of just scrolling. Um, Any safeties, O linemen? Rob Gronkowski. Oh, he's locked. Um, 
he's a name that actually isn't put as a lock on this, but Travis Kelsey. That's interesting. That, uh, yeah, yeah. I think I was more looking at guys towards the end of their career, which in that sense, I don't know why. How I is did Rob mention... is the best tight end of all time? People might push back for Tony Gonzalez, but that's um, cap. That's cap. <laughs> that is horse shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, time will tell. But yes, he certainly is one of the most, if not the most dominant uh, tight end of all time. No, he's the best. Not most dominant, best. All right. The best, the best they ever was. All right. Um, well, staying with football, the pro football, um, the FBI, the Football Power Index came out recently. And the article that I'm reading is from August 9th. And it's just basically the super nerds and the computers who, you know, numbers wise are putting numbers to all of these teams on who is most likely to win the Super Bowl. Uh, also, the most likely Super Bowl matchup. Um, all that good stuff. So, uh, do you, well, here, I'll just have you do this. Can you name just quickly the 10 teams who are most likely to win the Super Bowl this year based on percentage? You don't have to go in order. Okay. But that the football power index game. All right. Tampa, number one, Kansas city two, uh, Brown, no, Buffalo three Browns four. um, uh, ooh, are Rams up there? No. Uh, so you... Ravens, probably five or six. I can't remember what I left off of. Uh, Rams are up there. Um, I said Brown. Uh, oh, uh, not Colts anymore. Titans probably are up there. And Seahawks. Mm-hmm. Did I leave anyone else off? There's one more. Um, the Niners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... Oh, yay. <laughs> yeah, so starting starting from 10 going to 1, 10 is Tennessee with a 3% chance. Seattle is 9. They have a 5% chance. Uh, the Rams are number 8. They have a 5% chance. Cleveland is 7. Whoa. With a 5% chance. Everyone's the, been loving Cleveland. I'm, yeah. surprised, I'm very surprised by that. The 49ers are 6th. With a six percent chance, Woo-hoo-hoo. the Ravens are fifth with a six percent chance. The Packers are fourth with a six percent chance. Buffalo oh. is nine, and Tampa is two, and the Chiefs are one. Tampa has a fifteen percent chance, according to them, according to ESPN, and Kansas City has a nineteen percent chance. Based off of what? Uh, just crunching numbers and all that stuff. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm I'm not Jason, making Jason, football. <laughs> that's that's horseshit. <laughs> um. So basically, what it what it says is that FPI, when launched on Monday, which is when this came out, is a forward looking projection model that includes ratings and projections for every team from projected win loss records to percentages to win each division. Um, it says the full explanation of FPI works uh, can be found here, and there's a link. But it says the most, uh, but here's the most abridged version. The model determines forward-looking strength ratings for every team based on a variety of factors, 
including teams' win total, projected starting quarterback, returning starters, and past performance on offense, defense, and special teams. FPI then uses those ratings to simulate the season 20,000 times to create projections. <laughs> so there you go. I honestly kind of think 20,000 is enough times. <laughs> well, not according to Dr. Strange. Um, well, you need you definitely need more trials because with more trials, there's more accuracy. So, mm-hmm. um, and then they say that the most likely Super Bowl matchup is what do you think? Kansas City, Tampa Bay. Yeah, so the FBI believes there is an eight percent chance. It's still not that likely, but it is the most. There's likely. no way that it's a re- when has that when has that ever happened that both teams make the Super Bowl. Um. Let's see. That's a good question. Has it ever happened? Um, that might be too specific of a stat for Google. I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm trying to find it. Um, I'm sure. Oh God, man! Did the, I'm sure the Bills would have right. But then they needed. I know they played the the Cowboys twice, but it wasn't in back to back years. Um, right? Has oh here we go. Um, let's see. Okay, so um, what? No, I I don't know. I'm so I there have been Super Bowl like rematches, um, but not in consecutive years. Did Seattle and the Patriots? Did they? No. No. Um, uh, let's see. Actually, here, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I'll just look it up. I'll do it this way. Green making, uh, dun, dun, dun. Okay, I've got the list. Hang on. Oh, no, they did play. Buffalo and Dallas played two years in a row. Okay, yes. Okay, there you go. So, yeah, in 1993 and 1994. Okay. Okay. Um, <sighs> Well, I'm glad we solved that. Jeez, Google Woo! is an endless array. Um, so, yeah, I mean, but still, an 8% chance is obviously pretty small. Um, what do you think the next likeliest matchup is? Do they have that there? I have the top 10 most likely Super Bowl matches. Um, well, I, based off of the information I have, it, Kansas City's got to be in that matchup. And then Green Bay... It's actually flipped, I guess, in that sense. It's the Bills and the Buccaneers. That's too bad. So the Buccaneers are the Chiefs and the Packers are the third likeliest. And then the fourth likeliest is the Chiefs and the 49ers. Really? So there you go. And the 49ers How does does that make sense? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Because the Buccaneers are the fifth likeliest with the Ravens and the Bucks. So I, 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 I don't know how that works. Um Ravens Bucks would be kind of interesting. So the couple the couple headliners that we got for these power uh, for this power index, I'll just read some of the headlines. Is the difference mm-hmm. between the Packers with and without Aaron Rodgers is Ooh. everything. So it says right here: Had Rodgers simply decided to retire rather than suit up, Green Bay's chances to make the playoffs would have dropped from seventy to twenty four percent, and their Super Bowl chances would have dropped from six percent. To point two. <laughs> oh, they're they're favored to to win their division, but seventy percent. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so the Ravens and Browns are contenders, but they hurt each other's chances because they're in the same division. Obviously, they have to play each other twice a year. So that they're what they're saying is they're both really good, but obviously them clashing throughout the year is going to hurt them. Um, the team that's most likely to pick number one in the NFL they have is the Houston Texans. Wow, really um, went on in a limb there. Yeah. The 49ers are narrow favorites in the NFC West. They have they have the 49ers as the bet they have the them as having the best chance to win the division at 33% with the Rams <laughs> right behind them. Um so what else? The Cowboys they have leading the weak NFC East. I disagree. Um Isn't that what Sam said? I think that's what Sam said. I think you're wrong. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I think you're wrong. I think Washington is going to come out of that division. Uh, so those are just a couple of headlines. Do you disagree with any of those? Like, we'll go back to the um, we'll go back to the teams that are most likely to win the Super Bowl. Does that order seem a little weird? So from one to ten, I'll read through it again: Kansas City, Tampa, Buffalo, Green Bay, Baltimore, San Francisco, Cleveland, Rams, Seattle, Tennessee. For me, it, it contradicts itself because it. The top five, I think, are very safe. Yes. But if if they were trying to be safe, then it's odd to me that they put Kansas City number one, when, which they didn't determine. It's not like they chose this order. It's just odd that that's – the safe pick for me would have been Tampa Bay if you were like, oh, that's the team that's most likely going to win. I don't know. But I mean, maybe – it's tough now. I mean, what div- what division do we think is harder, the AFC or the NFC? Oh, the AFC West is definitely harder than the NFC South. Uh, the A well, yeah, well, for sure, but no, but I was talking about the, I guess, not the division, the conference as a whole. The yeah, AFC I think is a little bit stronger. So we have Kansas City, um, Buffalo, Buffalo, Baltimore, Baltimore Cleveland. Cleveland. Pittsburgh. Um, They're not making the playoffs. Ten- Tennessee. They might not, but... Um, Chargers. Like, that's yeah. a lot of really good quarterback play. Yeah, they're deep. In that conference. They're deep. Which, in the NFC, I mean, Matthew Stafford has question marks with how well he'll play in the playoffs. Uh, San Francisco has question marks at their quarterback position. The uh, Rams Seattle. are unknown in that sense. Yeah. Um. Uh, you have Green Bay, who's proven, but you don't have a New Orleans anymore with Drew Brees. Like the NFC is definitely down this year. Yeah. And Washington, if they do end up winning, that's a huge uh, question mark at the quarterback position. No matter how well Ryan Fitzpatrick plays, that's still a huge question mark. How he's going to play in the playoffs? And if Dallas wins that division, they're obviously super flawed. Yeah. <laughs> at other positions, but. Yeah, I think the AFC definitely is a little deeper. Even with Indianapolis, might not might not making it. John, yeah, you know, the, did we talk about that? Uh, the Carson Wentz thing, yeah. We did. Okay. Yeah, a little bit. Um, when a little bit last show. Um, but I mean, you're right that the so when you know looking at the matchups. We've only had one repeat Super Bowl. Chiefs Bucks does seem, I guess, the most likely, but man, that would be. And maybe so with the whole like I look at the NBA and when Cleveland and Golden State were on their 
back to back to back to back to back to back to back back to back, you know, when they were just meeting each other every single year in the finals. Yeah. I think that was kind of fun because the NBA finals over the course of those years kind of felt like a series in and of itself <laughs> um, that needed a winner. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was no longer like best of seven series. It was like first to three of a best of best of seven series. Right. It became like, <laughs> yeah, it became like a race for championships. Like which franchise was better. At yeah. that point. It wasn't like which team that individual season was better. So that I totally was, get that. Right. So that was a little different. In the NFL, because of the one game, you know, you either either you advance or you're out. Um and the fact that there are and you know, there are a lot of new and up and coming and fresh teams that um are in the NBA as well. But I don't know, for me I I would not like to see a repeat at all. I wouldn't mind if the Bucks were there or the Chiefs were there, mm-hmm. but I don't think I would want to. Re- I don't think I'd want a, re- uh, a rematch. I don't need to see it again. Do you, Do you um Do you remember the hype that went into last year's Super Bowl? Mm-hmm. I think that was the it was the most hyped Super Bowl ever, probably with Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady meeting. And we were kind of – I mean, the game obviously did not play out as most people thought it would with the Bucks just absolutely destroying Kansas City. Mm-hmm. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't mind seeing a rematch just, just so we can – for Kansas City to get that redemption and to play have a, fair, a fair fight? <laughs> yeah, like get, just be able to put up, put up a better fight, really. Yeah, well, I mean, they were their offensive line was decimated with injuries, and that really was the reason why they lost. Um, yeah, but I think I don't. I mean, yes, that would be interesting. I, what, I guess I guess you flipped what, uh, it a little bit, but what what matchup would you like to see? So I was just about to say Chiefs Packers. I think. Oh yeah, I would love to see Rogers um, come back and just go Super Bowl. Bounce! I'm out. <laughs> yeah, he wins. He wins the second Super Bowl and he's out. Yeah, I think a Super Bowl will actually keep him there. You think? Oh, huh? yeah. May- well, maybe actually. Yeah. Um, but Chiefs Packers would be fun. I think that's the only thing that they that could happen that could keep him in Green Bay. I mean, like in that sense, what do you have in that matchup? You have what the two most exciting quarterbacks in the NFL playing in the probably, Super Bowl together? Probably the the two most talented quarterbacks of all time playing in a Super Bowl against each other. You have Rodgers uh, finally getting there in after 12 years, and you have Mahomes who's starting a dynasty. Right, the, the Rodgers 2.0. <laughs> um, I, I think that matchup would be super fun. And I know that last year's matchup with Mahomes and Brady kind of got tainted because Mahomes was running for his life. Mahomes um, so played really well, though. He did under the circumstances. <laughs> um, and uh, so I, I get that it'd be, I guess, kind of cool to have him get another shot at Brady if his team was fully healthy. But I think right. I'd rather see Rodgers go up against Mahomes. And then um, I think that would be a lot of fun. Can you imagine? That Super Bowl would be so fun. That would be so fun. The amount of, like, bombs I think, and I trick think plays. City, and, uh, just be... City would, uh, Kansas City would blow him out, though. I think they're a way more complete team than Green Bay's. Well, I, yeah, we'll have to get into the season and see what Green Bay's defense looks like. But yeah. um, 
Because that I would think, be the thing. Um, Niners. Uh, Niners, uh, Baltimore. I think it would be really cool. Those that are two two teams that, that that match up really well together. I think a uh, Buffalo, Buffalo, Tampa Bay would be really interesting too. Because those, I think Buffalo's offense is just it's just super interesting to me, like how explosive that they can be, especially since they just added uh, Manuel Sanders to that team too. Yeah, if the Browns were to make the Super Bowl, what do you think would be the most Interesting team for them to play. Browns make the Super Bowl. Who do I... um, Maybe the Niners. It's kind of boring. I think the Niners would tromp them. <laughs> I kind of want to, at that point. I kind of want to see um, LA make it. Yeah. To see Stafford, I guess, kind of win and see Aaron Donald win. I, you know what's funny? So I've been listening to the Flying Coach podcast, right? Which is a uh, it's a podcast hosted by Sean McVay and um, Peter Schrager. Mm. Super super good. It, you need to go listen to that. And anyone that's listening to this, you guys, if you love football, you should listen to that. And listening to that, they have like different coaches on. So they have a bunch of NFL head coaches. Like they just they had um, they had Kyle Shanahan on. They've had Matt Lafleur and Robert Sala on. Like all that type of stuff, right? And Sean McVay is listening to him speak and getting to know like kind of his personality. Like I, I've never spoken to him in person, but like getting to know his backstory a little bit, you can't help but root for the guy. He is so cool. And it sadly makes me like the Rams a little bit more. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't like it. Right. Well, that's one of those things too. I get with like the chiefs. Like I think Andy Reid is awesome. <laughs> and I have nothing against um, Patrick Mahomes, and I have nothing against Travis Kelsey either. But they're the freaking Chiefs. Like I, I'm not. I'm just predisposed not to like them. But they have players on their teams that I, I, I would root for if you know if if they were anywhere else. Like Justin Herbert, man, that kid's fun to watch. Oh, you gotta root for Justin Herbert. I, I, he is awesome. <laughs> he is he awesome. He is. Oh, whew. Yeah, he's awesome to watch, but he's on the Chargers. And, and I liked Phillip Rivers. I loved Phillip Rivers. Um, what about, like, Antonio Gates, LT? Like, they had some really cool yeah. teams. Yeah, but, um, but you know, you just don't like the teams. But the players are different in that sense. I like uh, – if, if I wasn't a Niner fan, I think the Chargers would have to be the team. Their, their jerseys are just so cool. Like kind of the vibe that you, it's almost like a surfer vibe that you get from them. Like it's kind of laid back. There's no like adherent pressure put on. You don't hear a lot of bad things about the organization. I uh, I would have been a Saints fan just because of Breeze. Um, I mean, hell, I had a Breeze jersey, um, but that would be an interesting question. Right now, not if I wasn't a Raider fan. Same thing with you. If you weren't a Niner fan, what team would be? Root for that could be a topic for another podcast because we are going to have to bounce to another uh, topic mm-hmm. here. But um, maybe we can save that for later because that uh, for a different Stash podcast. It. Yeah, because that'd be interesting to talk about. Because I don't think I've ever actually thought about that. Um, Would you be a Spurs fan if you weren't a Kings fan? Even right now? Okay, so okay, you know what? Let's save this because I think this. <laughs> I think I know. It's good. Yeah, it's a good talk. Yeah, let's yeah. let's log this away because I think this would be fun for next show. 
uh, just go through the NFL and the NBA and help maybe for you, even baseball. Um, if oh, we weren't easy. fans of our current team, easy who would days. be, who'd be, Oh yeah. Okay. Or the, or the Red Sox. Cause I was on the Red Sox. Like I was a, our little, my little league team was the Red Sox. And I was like, Oh, I like the Red Sox. Oh, I didn't know. Like, Oh, they're in Boston. Right. Even, yeah. So, you know, I'll tell you what, we'll do this next show. Yeah. Don't, don't tell me what team you'd be on or you'd root for in the NFL or the NBA. And I won't tell uh, you, and then we'll, we'll reveal it on the show. I'm just ordering my Jaguars jersey right now. Well, Whoa. now are we taking <laughs> – we have to take into account, obviously – are we taking into account the franchise's history? Or are we just saying, like, right now? we everything. Okay. All right. Sounds good then. Um, all right. So – Moving away from football, there was something that happened or something that was said about uh, the Astros uh, earlier this week that I thought was interesting. I don't remember who said it. It doesn't matter who said it because that's not the point. It was just what was said. And the basic idea was that the Astros get too much hate from the public about the cheating scandal from a couple of years ago, the sign-stealing the sign stealing scandal. And it, the basic thought process was, the idea that the Astros are the only team in the league doing something like this or cheating is absurd. So because of that, the Astros, I mean, the fans should just get over it because he's the guy was basically saying that it happens everywhere, most likely. Um, and that, you know, it's been long enough now that let's just get over it because the Astros continue to get absolutely slaughtered from the mm-hmm. fans every time they go to an opposing ballpark. So as somebody who watches baseball, I have a little bit of an opinion on this, but I obviously am not knee deep in baseball. Um, and I don't know it the way that you do. Um, so what, I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. So um, the first time I kind of lived, lived it was when Houston traveled to San Francisco right after the all-star break. And even the Giants fans were just slaughtering. Right when Jose Altuve's name is called, he leads off for Houston. They just boo. Like it. If you were to put one of those uh, those noise meters onto it, it's probably one of like the loudest that a an outdoor park can make. Like the amount of collective boos that were hurled at Jose Altuve's direction just for his name being called from a Fan base, like, why does San Francisco hate the Astros? They didn't lose in the World Series to them. They weren't even relevant when that Houston won that that uh, 2017 World Series. So it's, it's just really, really interesting that um, that this team, that these fans felt that strongly. And I didn't, I didn't uh, think about it really because I hadn't heard anything about it throughout the league that uh, these fan bases were just continuously, even this late in the season, booing the Houston Astros. So I'm sitting there listening to it and I'm, I'm like, wow, that is shocking. And later, uh, later in the week, I think MLB tonight panned into a Houston Astros game. You can hear me, right, Jason? Oh, Jason, I can't hear you. All right, we good. Technical difficulty, but we're back. I, I don't know where it cut off, 
But no, no, just... no. You were you were good. I switched because I switched headphones because my phone was dying. I thought it was going to work, but obviously not. But we're good. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so I guess a short story. Make a short story short. I guess. Um, I see why fans are so strongly against Houston. It, it's the same way that Alex Rodriguez, when he it came out that he was using PEDs in New York, and when he would visit the crowds, he would just get booed. When it comes out that players cheat, fans, especially baseball fans, don't take too kindly to <laughs> – to people messing with their game. They're so like traditionalist like that. Uh, and I really think it's only the guys that were on that 2017 team that get booed the most. So Carlos Correa, Jose Altuve, I think that's it. That was on that original team. And they're the guys that have um, been booed the most. Uh, but I don't like what it's just, it's just booing. It's not like, and I hope this isn't true. It's not like they're getting death threats from from fan bases, which I think they were maybe right when that first came out. Uh, or like they're not – there's not any physical alterations. Like players can deal with booze. So I don't, I don't think it's too harsh or too much hate on Houston. Um, it could be a lot worse. Uh, and I do – in some ways kind of feel like it's warranted because it was only two years ago that it, or is one year ago. This is the first year that fans have been able to appropriately react to finding out that Houston cheated in 2017. Right. No, I get that. Um, I guess, I guess the way that I would look at it is fans. I mean, obviously you don't want, like you said, hopefully, you know, the players aren't, Hopefully they're not getting death threats. Right? Like their like safety that. should not be endangered because of right. like baseball, because of baseball game. Like that's just but, stupid. But in terms of getting booed and stuff like that, like fans can do whatever they want <laughs> with that. You mm-hmm. know, they can feel however, well, I mean, I can say we, cause we're fans. This is the freaking name of the show. We can feel however we want to feel, you know, we're, I heard this uh, earlier earlier today when I was listening uh, to, to ESPN uh, radio. The customer's always right, right? <laughs> um, and right now, obviously, baseball fans, you know, they're the customers. And if they want to feel that way, then they are certainly entitled to feel that way. If they're not over it yet, then fine. They're not over it yet. You can't tell somebody how they're supposed to feel about a certain event. Obviously, the Astros committed a huge... I don't want to say crime, but quote unquote, <laughs> quote unquote, baseball crime. Yeah. Um, and yeah, last year they didn't really get punished for it by the fans. The fans are back now, so they're going to let them hear it. And that's fine. They don't yeah. have to get over it. They, they don't have to get over it for 10 years if they don't want to. Whatever. That's I mean, a little too long. <laughs> you'd think you'd think they'd be over it by then, but they so, don't have to if they don't want to. So I guess you're kind of – it seems like you're, you're kind of on the same sentiment that I am. If, yeah. say – fans next year are still carrying on with this level of directed hatred toward Houston and predominantly uh, Jose Altuve and Carlos Correa, then is it right? Like we're, we're then. Or they, then is it, it seemed, wrong? Yeah. Yeah. Like, is it still, cause I don't know if it's right or wrong now, but it's, 
yeah, is it that's a better way? Is it then out of bounds? Um, that's an interesting question because obviously, you know, the the phrase is time heals all. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Um, maybe, maybe this is the year where everybody gets it out of their system. Mm-hmm. And then next year it'll, it'll all be fine. But I don't, my guess is that that won't happen. My guess is that next year they're still going to hear it. You think? Yeah. Just because, and I heard this as well for part of the reason why maybe fans are so mad about it is that baseball did a horrible job at punishing the team Mm -hmm. as a whole. So maybe it's the booing is as much for the Astros as it is for just baseball, not giving these guys the right punishment for, you know, for what they did. Mm -hmm. So maybe, and I'm just trying to, and I'm fumbling over my words because I'm trying to figure I'm trying to figure out a way to put this in a, like I'm trying to reason it all in my head as I'm going, but that's the only thing that I can think of really is maybe they're so angry because they just never really got adequately punished for it. So I don't, this is, this would be a, I think a little more of a, uh, this isn't like apples to apples, but you remember deflate gate when Tom got suspended for those four games by the NFL after they won the Super Bowl? Yeah. So say in deflating footballs, I think is a little different than what the Astros were doing. I think it's definitely looked at a little less as like less of an infraction to the game as opposed to what um, Houston sign stealing was. But bear with me here. Say everyone was in uproar of the NFL not coming down on Tom Brady hard enough, which I, I don't even think that sentiment came out really. Because he got he had four game suspension for they didn't even know if they could prove if yeah whatever so say it it came out that uh, that everyone was just totally mad at the NFL because they failed to punish Tom Brady adequately do you think the same would happen where they would then shift that hatred toward Tom? Which is he's a pretty easy target because most people, most fan bases in the NFL already probably hate Tom Brady and the New England Patriots, so that just might add more fire, more fuel to that fire. Do you feel like that might that could possibly happen in the NFL? Maybe, and maybe well, and also, I think maybe the level of infraction from the Astros is more than you know, deflate gate in that sense. No, it definitely is. Uh, it's definitely worse. Right. So I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Tom is, I, I feel like the sentiment towards Tom has changed since he's gone to Tampa oh, Bay. I feel. Oh, super. He's like NFL's darling now. Yeah. The, the, I feel like everybody around the NFL has just totally shifted from, great here are the freaking patriots tom brady and bill belichick again oh great and then now it's like tom brady goes to tampa and they're like wow we wish he was away from the patriots um all all along because his social media account and him in general have just totally loosened up 
Boy, and that Tom Brady guy sure is cool. I've been saying that his whole career. He is just right. the coolest. I'd, I'd like, get a beer with that guy. Right. It's like, no, you weren't. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. He didn't say Jack for 19 years <laughs> or however long he played there. Um, so, I mean, the narrative towards Tom has shifted completely now. Um, so, I don't know. It was an interesting topic because – the Astros are getting severely booed, like big time. Who? And booing, honestly, if it's all just in the name of sports, is totally fine. Oh, yeah. It is totally fine. We, I mean, Sam and I come on here and we talk about, and we're in the same category as all those fans are. I mean, we're, we come in here and we have, you know, opinions. I mean, that's the basis of the show. We're fans. And it's fun to have, like, sports hatred it's not real hatred you know but you know coming on here and saying you know after a game and going shit i hate philip rivers when i really don't you know because i really liked him as uh as a football player but i just i i hated him in a, in a, you know not like personally you know but in like a sports way and as long as that line doesn't ever get crossed into actual hatred Mm-hmm. then it's totally fine. As soon as it gets crossed, then no. But if you're just booing, then yeah, go for it. Boo the whole game. I don't care. They, people do. I, yeah. it, it's crazy how every single fan base has adopted this, <laughs> like the same cons- consensus, consensus thought of we all hate Houston. We all boo Houston. Even like the Milwaukee Brewers, boo Houston. The Miami Marlins, who haven't been relevant in years, boo Houston. Like, it's so crazy how these fan bases, who knew 30, I think there's 32 teams in baseball. 32 fan bases could all agree on one thing. That is just so crazy. There are 30 teams. 30 teams could all agree from different parts of the u.s i don't know if you could find one other thing that these amount of that these different groups of people these demographics of people could agree on yeah and it's funny too because the mlb as a whole just with their the owners and the front offices and the league in general and the players are always seemingly have problems (laughs) so yeah we're just talking about the fans at least you know, right? What, I'm you know just what, saying it's. A, I'm just saying it's a funny parallel. You know, it would be out of line if every single team was throwing at Houston. Yeah, that would and their be players. I feel like that would be stepping over. Like we're talking about throwing 95 mile per hour fastballs into dudes' faces. Like that's a little. That's a little much. Getting your panties in a wad, especially a bunch of guys that weren't a part of that that didn't get like cheated out of that World Series too. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, all right, so that will wrap up the baseball conversation that we uh, that we have in that sense. For oh wait, um, wait, the Giants still best record in baseball. Who freaking would have guessed? Isn't that crazy? Is there a better story? I'll let in you have your moment. right now. It's not. This is this is kind of like when the Niners uh, had the number one record in the NFC a couple of years ago, which they weren't even. Maybe some people were predicting them to make the playoffs, but surely no one saw that coming. The Giants were predicted to be 
fourth in their division this year, and they're first and still kicking. Brandon Belt finally looks like he's coming around and hitting some home runs. This dude was projected to be a 30-run home, 30 home run guy for his career. He's in the last three games has four home runs, beat up on Milwaukee Brewers, who are another division leading team in the NL. They in the in the last stretch since the All-Star game, they went out, beat one series against the Dodgers, won two series against the Dodgers, won a series against, I think won a series against Houston, won a series against the Brewers. And won a series against Arizona. Like, this team is just playing out of their minds with so many injuries. Guys are finally coming back. Guys have been slumping, playing well, slumping. I mean, Brandon Crawford, who's the team's MVP in the first half, kind of, kind of is struggling to start this second half of the, of the season. But it doesn't matter because they're just getting great production from guys that everyone else in the, in the MLB has given up on. And it's such a great story. Gotta love it. Well, I'm not paying as much of attention to it, obviously, as you are, but go jump. And then they got, they got Chris Bryant. The guy oh, there's that, that. Yeah, that, that I didn't the, know about. That the Giants have needed to get a big name. They've tried to get Bryce Harper. They've tried to get these big deals done. They were in on Trevor Bauer. Luckily, that didn't happen because Trevor Bauer's he's out. <laughs> but when you see the Dodgers make the biggest deal of the century – getting the best pitcher available and the best hitter available in Max Scherzer and Trey Turner, a Trey Turner who's an MVP candidate this year, and then Max Scherzer who every year – oh, yeah, he just started the All-Star game this year, so I guess he's pretty good. The Dodgers just got them, and the Giants needed to make that deal. They get Chris Bryant. He's playing phenomenal for them, playing – he started, I, I think, at four different positions now in defense, and he's hitting well. He's not hitting for power well, but he's hitting for average, really buying in. And who knows? It's got to take a long time to adjust on the fly in the middle of a season, especially for baseball. And they're still first place. I think it's just incredible. For It sucks that it's a sport that doesn't get a lot of attention. Like if this was the NFL, that, that would be the biggest news going, or the NBA even. I think it's just it's just awesome. Right. For sure. For sure. Well, I'm I'm happy you're happy. Hey, I'm happy, man. Giants, Giants are balling. Kings, Kings balling. Davion Mitchell looks like a stud. Oh, give me, give me two seconds to talk about how this guy is going to turn into my favorite player on the team. Holy <laughs> smokes! If there was a guy, if there was a guy who <clears throat> fit a profile of what I would want on a team and what I like, tried to emulate as much as I could when I played. It's this guy. The just the. I love somebody who is willing to just put like all of their energy in on defense because that was my favorite part of basketball. I loved playing defense more than I loved playing offense. I, there was just something about if I had a, you know, if you're just guarding somebody who is coming down and they have an intent of going right at you and just shutting them completely down or making them look just unusable that there's no better feeling. And this dude is watching him play defense is so much fun. It is so much fun. And he looks like he's a knockdown shooter. I sent that. I sent something to Ben over the weekend. And I was like, I already know he's going to be my favorite player by far. And it it won't even be close. You didn't send it to me. No, I did on Instagram, but you never saw it. So, Oh, 
So, um, so this is back to back years, man. Kings make a great pick with Tyrese Halliburton, one of the easily top three standout rookies. I think it's safe to say that Davion Mitchell so far has been one of the top three performing rookies this year. Yeah. It's early. Just in but the summer league. Very early. Very early. For the for the Kings, that is unheard of. Mm-hmm. A team that sucks at drafting. All right, so let's uh let's put our let's put our uh, faith in our in our front office and say maybe if they hit on this then you know they've hit two years in a row and maybe we can look forward to the draft each year instead of going well who are we going to trade in four years <laughs> Monty uh, Monty might be up for executive of the of the year if he is able to trade turn Marvin Bagley and Buddy Heald into a productive pieces for the Sacramento Kings and draft that Mitchell is, yeah. That is all I'm saying. That would be that would be really big. All right, He's got so a good I'm, head on his shoulders, man. Yeah, he does. And so do you, which is why you put together our next segment. So let's get it. Oh, is that what we're getting into? So it's yeah. been a while. It's been so long that we don't even know if this is the name of the segment anymore. <laughs> We've made a lot of segments. <laughs> but we are going with Move the Sticks. It might be Move the Chains. I don't remember if it's move the sticks or move the chains, but we are going with move the sticks. And essentially it is, I will say a statement and then Jason will then agree by saying uh, move the sticks or disagree by saying it's a three and out or punt that shit. You know? All right. Yup. Makes sense. Huh? And it's going, it has a, it follows another, oh, I could, I'm going to add a statement into this because we didn't get around to talking about it, but I'll, I'll say it later. How talking. many how many questions do we have? So I only have five. It's okay. like they're, they're statements. They're not questions, Jason. I wish you would you would listen when I when I explain this. Right, that's true. We only got about like fifteen minutes left. So oh, okay, okay. I won't be petty then. Luka Doncic <laughs> signed a five year super max contract, historic contract because he's the first player to sign a rookie extension while having been first team All NBA within his original deal. Luka and the Mavs will not win an NBA championship during the duration of that extension. Um, wow. Um, that's tough. <clears throat> um, well, obviously we have no idea what is going to happen um, to the Mavericks, who they're going to add, who they're going to get rid of. Obviously, that team has to get better in order for them to win because he's just not going to do it by himself. Um, I'm going to say they don't. I'm going to say they do not win. Um, I so I'll say so. We'll, so we'll you are. The, we'll move the chains on that. We'll move the sticks. No, that. we're moving the sticks. We're moving, we're moving the, the sticks. sticks. <laughs> we're moving the sticks. <laughs> it's for branding, Jason. You gotta yeah. keep the branding. All right, so we'll move the sticks on that one. Um, right, I, I agree. Like I, I like don't. It. I don't think they're gonna win. There's so much good talent in the NBA right now. The East is. The East is no longer a conference that we can look at and say the West is definitively better than the East. Um, anymore. The East is turning into a beast again. The West is always difficult. There's still so many teams around the Mavericks that I think, well, I shouldn't say around, ahead of the Mavericks that I still think are better. I don't know who they're going to add. Because they would need about five-year span. Right. So LeBron's probably retired. Chris Paul's probably retired. They're going to need to add pieces. And because Mm -hmm. 
of the unknown of that, I'm going to say they won't win one. All right. Josh Allen signed a six-year extension, tying him to Buffalo for eight years. The Bills and Josh Allen will win at least two Super Bowls in that time. Punt that. I I don't think – I mean, there's so much vari- variability in the NFL with who plays each year. You still have Mahomes in the AFC, which he's always going to have to deal with. And mm-hmm. we've gone through the list of young quarterbacks that are in the league right now, especially in the AFC. I wouldn't put it past them to win one, but to mm-hmm. win two – I mean, Mahomes hasn't even won two yet. Um, mm-hmm. We're talking about eight years, Jason. You said six. He signed a six-year extension, but he still had two years left. Oh, he still has got two on the deal. Eight years? Oh, well, that changes it a little bit. Um, well, just in order to not change my answer, I'll still just say they'll win at least one, but with that other two, then maybe, yes. <laughs> maybe okay, they'll okay. win two. The QB, which stands for quarterback, with the most <laughs> – if you're listening to this show, I assume you know that. <laughs> with the most pressure going into the NFL season, not the CFL season, is Aaron freaking Rodgers. The most pressure. The most pressure. The most, the most PSI. Um – Okay, 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 okay. What other quarterbacks could um, – pressure to what? Win or just pressure on them? That's on you, man. Okay, now I'm going to say no. I'm going to no? say punt. I'm going to say okay. no. Okay. And Who, I'm going to say – What minds come to – what names come to mind then? Okay, so I'm, I've got a couple names. One, I think Stafford has a lot to prove. I think Matthew Stafford has a lot to prove to all the people out there who think who think that he's just an average quarterback um, and that, you know, he didn't obviously do anything in Detroit and that the same thing is going to happen in L.A. Mm-hmm. So I think he's got a lot to prove. I think there's a lot of pressure on Ryan Tannehill. I think – and the reason why I say that is because Houston – I think Tennessee – so they added – they addressed their defense – and they obviously added Julio Jones. They have A.J. Brown as well. They have Derrick Henry. Their offense looks like it's going to be absolutely unstoppable. And if Ryan Tannehill plays really, really well, then Tennessee is thinking championship thoughts. So I think Ryan Tannehill has a lot of pressure. I would have said Carson Wentz, but mm-hmm. the injury is going to be interesting with that. Mm-hmm. I'd say Jameis Winston has a lot of pressure on him as well. Um, he is playing for potentially his career as a starter. I don't, I mean, depending on how well it goes or how poorly it goes, he could either lock up a job in new Orleans or spend the rest of his career being a backup. And then the same thing goes for, where's the team that I crap, where'd it go? (laughs) Um, where did it go? Where did it go? I had another team who was doing the same thing. Where'd they go? Oh, this was such a good argument. This was so what? good. There was another. There was Chicago, another team. Um, um, Miami. No, um, Minnesota. Oh, there, Cam Newton. That's that was oh, the other. Yeah. One. Cam's got yeah. a lot of pressure on him as well. Same same way that Jameis Winston does. 
They're playing for their maybe NFL careers and at least NFL starting careers. Um, so I would say they at least have – I think they have more pressure than Rodgers. We all know okay. that Rodgers is a great quarterback. Um, Except for they, Green Bay. Yeah. The expectation every year with him is championship. That hasn't changed. Um, so okay. I think there are other quarterbacks who have more on the line. So the loudest offseason ever doesn't heap more pressure on him? No? No. I do not okay. think so. Hey, you're born to that, that opinion. It is harder – being an NFL coach compared to being an NFL quarterback. Um, head coach. Head coach. Uh, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, why not? And I guess... <laughs> why not? Why? Yeah, yeah, why not? <laughs> because I have to pick a side for this and I can make an argument for both of them. So I'll just make an argument for this one. I think because... Depending on what franchise you get, and you know, I guess this is the same with quarterbacks too. But it feels like the the trigger is always pulled really quickly on coaches, maybe too quickly in some cases. Where if you don't win like right away, you're gone. And there are only a couple franchises who don't do that. Like Pittsburgh comes to mind. Um, they've only had like three head coaches since like 1960 or something like that. Um, so you obviously have to land in the right franchise as a coach and a quarterback. But I think given the amount of stress that is put on head coaches to win right away, I think that that pressure is a little bit more than on quarterbacks because you always have like that window of like four to five years to see what they are. Coaches normally get like one to two years, mm-hmm. it seems like, before they before they immediately get dumped. So their job is always, always being looked at as replaceable, um, unless you're like an all-time great coach. Um, And just given, you know, I don't obviously know the ins and outs of what goes into being an NFL head coach. And I obviously don't know that for being an NFL quarterback either. But I would assume that there's a lot of behind-the-scenes work for head coaches that is just excruciatingly stressful. Um, So I'm going to say the NFL coach. I like that. Yeah, think about it. Like an NFL coach, if one of his players, I don't know, freezes his feet in a cryo chamber and right. um, <laughs> does some stuff, the quarterback doesn't really have to worry about that, but that coach certainly has to. Right. Like the head coach is like the quarterback of the organization <laughs> in that sense, I guess. Sure. I'm not I'm not co-signing that statement, but yeah, we can. Well, you, I didn't want to say You team. can say that. No, you, you, we're done. You're done. It's over. Okay, whatever. <laughs> Lionel Messi, for those who don't know, is just was announced as signing with Paris Saint-Germain. Paris Saint-Germain, PSG. Uh, which is a huge shock because he has only known one team. Messi's move to PSG this summer is the biggest sports move of all time. It's certainly got to be up there. I mean, he's the goat. Yeah, I mean, he's I mean, when you're talking about the greatest soccer players of all time, if it's not him then who, you know? Um right. and given given the fact 
that soccer is such a worldly sport. I mean, soccer is the most beloved sport throughout the world. Um, not in America, but just, you know, worldwide. And yeah, I mean, when you're talking about the greatest soccer player of all time, for all intents and purposes, let's just say he's the best of all time, which I don't think anybody would argue with. Yeah, it's not a um, super big stretch. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I guess it, it's got, it has to be, right? I mean, I don't know the history behind him necessarily or PSG or Barcelona, um, but I know Messi and I know, I know that when it comes to awards and accolades, I mean, he's got them all. He's got them all. And when you tell the story of soccer, you start with his name. Any, any moves come to mind that could challenge? No, no, I don't think so. And the only reason why is because soccer is such a worldly sport. I don't think um, people in across the world necessarily care if Aaron Rodgers was going to leave or not or that Peyton Manning went to Denver. What about um, Tom going to Tampa? Tom going to Tampa. I still don't think that – I mean, sure, that could be in the conversation, but I still don't think – just because of the impact that soccer has on the world – what about that, that one is going to be? What about LeBron joining forces with D Wade in Miami? Maybe that was one of the most publicized. Because I feel like the soccer one I haven't heard about nearly as much as it. I have the, it hasn't gotten the coverage mm-hmm. to equal the importance of that. Yeah, game. I think I think it's because we're in America and soccer is like the third most popular no no it's probably the fourth most popular sport yeah um and it's also got to do with Messi does doesn't speak english so he doesn't uh market very well in the u.s and um it's his later in his career i can't i don't actually know off the top of my head how old Messi is uh 34 34 so he only he might play like three more years maybe so it's definitely like a and entering that twilight of his career. He did have a great year last year, but um, he definitely has less years going forward than uh, than he did before. Obvious statement. Of the- <laughs> yeah. So I think maybe just because of how, um, how beloved soccer is throughout the world that – you have to put this as the big, probably the biggest movement in sports history. And if it's not the biggest, then it's truly in the conversation. I would um, love to see – there's no way this is going to happen. But Patrick Mahomes moving on from Kansas City when he's like 28. Yeah. That would be nuts. Which obviously, like you said, isn't going to happen. He signed like a 10-year deal, but – yeah, there's no way Kansas is going to let that happen. But, like, a guy in his prime that everyone knows is a top five best player of all time, moving on in a sport like football, I think that would be looked at as, like, wow, this is a great – this is, like, the biggest – this is a big-ass deal. Yeah, I think people – I agree. I think I think that would – uh certainly be a topic of conversation for an exceptionally long amount of time. And, you know, with this, obviously, again, it's just not getting the coverage in America that 
it should, I guess, in that sense, to match mm-hmm. the level of importance that this move has. So, dude, it's interesting because PSG now has they've killing Mbappe. Do you know who that is? I was about to ask you. You so I was. I'm glad you transitioned into this because I was going to ask you that question. How is PSG? Like, do they have notable notable? So players? so two years ago they were in the Champions League final, which you know what the Champions League is, right? It's like the best of the best teams all play right. each other. I, I know roughly what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So so they were in the final and they lost to uh, Bayern Munich, which Bayern Munich was by far the best team in the world. Um, they have Neymar. Do you know who that is? Oh, I do. Yes. Yeah, so he was Messi's teammate in Barcelona. They won a champion, like I think a couple Champions Leagues together. So they have Neymar and Mbappe, who are two of the top ten best players in the world. Uh, they have Angel Di Maria, who's a world class player. They have they actually just signed uh, Sergio Ramos, who's a longtime uh, Real Madrid captain, and he has he's won Champions Leagues with uh, Real Madrid. They have uh, they have Marquinhos, who's a really good defender in the world. They I think they just signed uh, Donnarumma, who's that Italian goalkeeper, who's like younger than us, but is the yeah. best goalkeeper in the world. So they'll they'll be they'll be in the mix. We'll say. I was about to say, does this make them <laughs> the favorite? Or oh yeah, it it pushed them into the betting favorite. But in most people's eyes, I think it's got to make them the favorite. But the the team, uh, Manchester City. So Manchester City made the final last year, and they lost to Chelsea. But they just got Jack Grealish, who's a beast. They still have all their players, and they're supposed to sign a guy by the name of Harry Kane, who's in most people's eyes, yeah, he's the best striker in the world. So if they get him, then they they might be favored at that point. But it's tough because PSG was already one of the best teams in the world, like top five best teams in the world. And the fact that they got messy just propels them to a different stratosphere. So put this into so this like is like basketball terms. Golden somebody... State, Golden State getting Kevin Durant, pretty much. Okay. Yeah. Which that's what I was getting from it, but for anybody else, yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess that makes sense. And I but, just I would imagine for somebody who doesn't know this as as well as you do, like just well, I'm obviously not, I'm I, not an I know on it. But no, no, no. Means. But you're definitely more into it than I am, and it, you know, just listening to, I feel like it's one of those things where, like, if Aaron Rodgers went to, I don't know, a random team, Denver. <laughs> Give me a random team, like middle of the pack team. Denver. Denver. Say he goes to Denver. Denver automatically becomes somebody who you're going to look at as, as potentially winning the championship, mm-hmm. and then. You know, with Messi, I feel like he carries that exact same weight. Like wherever yeah, he but, goes. But I feel I feel like it's it's easy to say that the quarterback position has a bigger imprint on the game than any individual position in soccer. Yes, because yes. soccer is so much more of your your dependent. Like you can play. It's like volleyball in that way. Like you can play out of your mind. But if the other players in your team aren't playing well, then like, what do you like? You, you their team's not playing well then. Because you can't be everywhere. True. True. Um, which, by the way, I have to tell you, we played when I was, for those of you that don't know, and well, none of you would know, um, but <laughs> I, I, just, I, just had, I just had a drill um, uh-huh. recently when we were in the field. And when we were done with everything, we set up a volleyball net. Oh. Um, and we had a, we had a tournament um, just oh. with the platoons. 
And, dude, and you know what? If anybody from my platoon stumbles across this, I don't apologize for this. Their ass. Dude, I swear, we have the most unathletic platoon ever. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 was sitting, I was sitting there, and I was like, and maybe this is just arrogance on my part, but when I joined, I assumed that there were going to be a lot more people like me in the sense that just came from playing sports. God, was I wrong. And I've learned that in the years that I've been in the military. But, man, we just have some unathletic people in our platoon. I feel like it should be a law in the United States that by the time you're five years old, you should know how to throw a football, throw a baseball, hit a volleyball, shoot a basket. It's just ingrained in our culture. And I was just – it was how one of those you, things – How would one enforce that law? I'm not – I'm just – I'm not serious. <laughs> could, you, could you imagine though? A cop like is just driving by and they see like a kid like – they would like just throw a random baseball to him. Can't can't throw a baseball. They're like, "Hey, whoa, hey, ma'am, are are you aware that your son did not properly throw that baseball?" Oh my God, Jimmy, is this true? Oh my yeah. God, I, sir, I will handle this right away. You get inside right now and you practice how to throw that baseball. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, but it's just it's it was funny to me because I the. The first team that played, I wasn't on because they were just asking for random volunteers and just a, just nobody knew what they were volunteering for. And um, it turned out to be the volleyball game. So we didn't have our A list of, of people. And afterward, during this, I grabbed the people in my platoon who I, who I thought had um, – there were like three of us who had played volleyball in terms of like some sense – um, or at least we're athletic, athletic enough to play volleyball. I've played actually a lot of volleyball over the past year because of drill. I feel like I've gotten better at it um, and just taking it. tips that you've given me. Um, I feel like I, I, if I was, if I were to play a position, I'm certainly not going to be anywhere near the front line, but um, you're setting, aren't you? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um and, uh, yeah, so, like, I'm sitting there and I'm just watching us play and I end up grabbing the A-list team that I thought we had and we lost, like, 11 to 0. We never got the ball. They just really? identified They identified on the team who wasn't very good and just served right to them every single time and we never got it up. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, this is – I was like, this was a waste of time. <laughs> So well, you know, you know, it wasn't a waste of time. This podcast, this podcast, nope. And you know, it's not going to be a waste of time either. You seen the Suicide Squad tonight? Is it going to be sick? Well, you haven't it's seen gonna it. Sick. No, and I told Bree, I was like, I might be gone when you get home because I think I'm going to go see. <laughs> oh, nice, nice. Hey, I will, so we, I we talk about it. We talk about it next week. Oh yeah, so we will for tomorrow. Next week's going to be a fun show. We're going to talk about Suicide Squad. We're going to have the favorite teams thing. Um, it's going to be good. So I will definitely have seen it by the time the next podcast rolls around. I will be in Seattle. You will be in Seattle at that point. That is nutty. Last podcast in California for a while. Yeah, it feels good. It's way too hot here. So my mom, <laughs> probably the one of the worst places, Arizona, but um, for your AC to be out for three weeks. Oh, yeah. 
my mom and uh, my stepdad are just hating life. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, what? Gotta be the worst worst time. Single worst time that this could happen. I agree. I agree. All right, well, that'll do it for episode 97 of Nothing to Say to Fans podcast. As always, if you stuck around this long, we really do appreciate it. Uh, We're closing in on episode 100. Still got to figure out exactly what we're going to do for that, but we'll have something We'll have something planned for that as well. So hope you all have a fantastic week. Have a safe weekend. And we will have a what's shaping up to be a really fun show next week. Um, So we will see you all then. Thanks, everyone.